Happy Wednesday, Sherry. Happy Wednesday, Paul. How are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. How are you? I'm well. I'm well. Uh, I think we we are both having your inside indoor days today. Yes, we are. The windows are. are closed and uh, we are we are not outside. Yeah, it's a little bit hazy out there. Hazy, um, smoky. Yeah. Yeah, indeed. Indeed. Yeah. So I went out for a little while earlier. Um and my throat did not did not agree with it. Um for those folks who are listening who are not on the East Coast of the United States, we are referring to the to the smoke and haze that has come to visit us from our friends in Canada. Yeah, it really is as bad as it sounds. I mean, the the news, I was watching some news uh this morning and it was like it's really bad out. I'm like, yeah, it really is actually. So it's like, trust us, it is that bad. It smells like yeah. smoke outside. Yeah. Yeah. Eric I think New York City's got it worse, but probably, yeah. probably. Yeah. Eric went outside um, to see if he could smell it and he couldn't. Um, and he asked me after I'd been out, like, did you smell it? And I was like, I, I got to be honest, with all the warnings, I did not go outside and take yeah. a deep breath to see. Um, because I have a little bit of asthma situations. Right, right. So he was like, uh, you should take your inhaler since you're going outside. It's yeah, it's it's pretty bad. Yeah. It's, it's pretty, pretty bad. bad. Yeah, it's yeah, pretty it bad. It really is pretty bad. So cool. So yeah. yeah. Alas. Besides so, that, yeah, besides that, all good. All yeah, good. other than that, all good. Uh so the by the time this episode comes out, we'll be on the other side yep. of your surgery. Yep. I'm, uh, what, five days, four and a half five days, days out? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's good. I started the, the pill regimen today. Yes. For that. Um, I don't know how to say it. Amiodarone, something like that. Supposedly, the surgeon says one third of everyone who gets the surgery that I'm having has uh, AFib afterwards. Mm. Okay. And it's a, it's an anti-fibrillator, anti-fibrillation uh-huh. okay. um, medication. And uh, it, it slows down the heart rate a little bit. I haven't noticed it yet. I, only, I took the first one about, I guess, about three hours ago by now. Um, but, but they're like, if your pulse drops below 55, call us. And it's like, when I regain consciousness, I will absolutely call you. <laughs> so Sherry, you're on consciousness watch here. Well, because we're on a Zoom for this one, folks. Um uh yeah sherry if i pass out from low <laughs> so blood pressure is fine it's a it, it really slows Your down the pulse. heart right so yeah, call yeah. 911 or something yeah I'll call 911 and send them to our business address which yeah, happens I, to be I, your a little address. bit ago I'm, I'm, I'm still rolling in the 70s so it's it's okay yeah. but my, my pulse is not high these days anyway like to start with yeah so it's like so, we'll see yeah i'll find yeah, we'll see you, you look okay as, as long as you I keep talking. F- I think feel okay. Fine. Yeah, I feel okay. So yeah. that's all good. Very good. It's all good. Excellent. Uh, so <sighs> last week we talked about pausing. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. we're going to kind of pick up with a sort of related topic today. Ooh, what is it? Uh, it's reflection. Um, mm. So in our Year to Thrive series at uh, our employer, uh, we started off with pause, which we spent some time with last week. Um, and then we pivoted from pausing into reflection. Um, and one thing that I think is interesting about reflection is as a writing teacher, I have taught and talked about and thought about reflection like for years, 
But then when we did a workshop on it, it actually made me change the way I thought about reflection. Really? Yeah, it really, really. did. Yeah, that's the the only time I've ever been invited to to do formal reflection or something called a reflection with an R, capitalized R. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been in in, in in writing or an English or a composition class. Yeah. Do a reflection. Yeah, do a reflection. Um, yeah, and it's, I mean, it's pretty common um, sort of reader response theory kind of thing. Um, lots of different people approach it different ways. Um, but yeah, it's like a, it's a pretty common um, tool in writing classrooms. Um, mm. And, you know, as a whole, it's, it's a good practice, like to pay attention to what you're thinking. Right. Mm-hmm. Like that. Yeah. Is this the same as like morning pages when, when we do morning pages, like our three pages, was that Julia Cameron, right? Yep. And the artist mm-hmm. right, uh, proposed that, um, is writing for three pages in the morning. It's like, it's like anything that, that comes in in sort of in an undirected way. Is that a reflection? Mm-hmm. So I think a lot people, are people doing this anyway, if they're doing a, like journaling or something like that. Yeah. I mean, so I think of the morning pages, not as a reflection in the way that I think I want us to think about it. Um, and I think of it more as a brain dump. Ah. Um, so the idea with Julia Cameron's framework is that you write three pages um, every day, even if you don't want to, exactly three pages. And um, whatever your brain is saying, you just get it on the page. Um, and that kind of um, writing strategy is not designed necessary, not necessarily um, to serve a particular purpose, except to sort of just like let your brain throw whatever tantrum it needs to t- have. You know, it's just... <laughs> It's, it's almost like getting the cobwebs off in the morning. And the right? brain can throw a tantrum. Sure it can. It is not a problem. Sure can. Yeah. Not a problem. Um, so I like that as a method, and I did it for a long time. Um, I haven't done it curiously. I have not written morning pages since I got back from uh, IMS, mm. Insight Meditation Society, um, my retreat there. But, um, yeah, so I think of reflection... I think being a little bit more intentional now because of this workshop we did. Yeah. Do you feel like your brain no longer needs to dump or does it have other ways of dumping? Um, Cause surely if your brain is anything like mine or most people's stuff still, still accumulates or does it not? Or does it not? Well, I, th- I think that there's an interesting territory that we could tiptoe into with this. This is interview um, Sherry day. <laughs> oh, oh, just you wait, because I'm about to turn it on you. <laughs> okay. So. <laughs> you're, you're, uh, it's that interview, Sherry Day. You're just going first to the dentist office, right? It's exactly. Just, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Got it. Got yeah. it. You're, you're going to see yeah. what it's like. So how do you brain, brain dump if you're not doing morning pages? Um, so <laughs> I don't think I am, right? Um, well, maybe that's not true. Um. So I'm still writing, but I'm writing in a more um, structured way that I've sort of outlined for myself um, that's related to the style of therapy that I'm doing now. But the reason that I stopped um, writing morning pages, I think, isn't really completely healthy as I now reflect on it. Interesting. Interesting. Um, 
I think I stopped in part because I was avoiding facing what my brain was going through. Right, right. I, that thought just sort of crossed my mind a second ago. It was, it was like I, I sort of had a, huh, I wonder if it's that kind yeah. of moment. Um, and what I was sort of considering was, you know, we have people in this world that, you know, that join us on our on our path, if you will. Mm-hmm. And sometimes things are so big and heavy that it's like they help us carry it. Is, yeah. is, is you know, the the morning journal sort of can be this like, you know what, I got all the stuff on my mind, I'm going to write it here, I'm going to put it over there. And this journal can carry it for me so I can do other stuff that feels a little bit better than what I feel like I want to spend my time doing today. Almost like yeah. a supportive, supportive thing. And with with most stuff, it's like it's supportive if you go back to it. Right. You know, that doesn't make it magically go away. It yeah. pauses, you know, it, it, it put, it, it parks, it sends things into the parking lot, so to speak. Right. <laughs> I see what you're doing there. Wink, wink, um, nod, nod. Yeah. Right? Well, it, it's <laughs> was the least subtle. That was the least subtle. <laughs> no, I like it. it, it well, it's subtle Stay to tuned, everyone. Folks. Yeah. <laughs> it's subtle to everyone but me, because I know where we're going this episode. Um. Which actually implies that we had a plan all along, which is so rare. It's for rare, us. yeah. That's I know. Um, it's one out of every hundred and seventeen episodes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, yeah. So I think one role that those morning pages play is exactly that, right? Like you dump it into it and you store it, um, and from it you can actually gain a fair amount of insight. I think, but I think for me the problem is sometimes. You might be moving through a passage of life where you don't necessarily want more insight. Like too much insight is too intense. Yeah. Um, and right. this is why right. I was like, just hang on, Paul, because I'm going to turn this on you. Yay. Um, Can't wait. Because well, what I know. Well, folks, thanks for joining us today, right? We'll see you next week. <laughs> Shortest <laughs> podcast ever. <laughs> what I know is that I stopped morning pages uh, sort of coupled with when I went to IMS and then came back from IMS and then things went really quick after I came back uh, and lots of life stuff kind of happened sort of during that same time. I know that my very good friend Paul has had a significant decrease in the amount of time he has spent in formal meditation practice. Yeah. Yeah. And so I'm curious as we sort of reflect on these two things. So both of us, like I believe in the value of morning pages and I, believe you believe in the value of meditation i i actually like morning pages too i don't i don't do them regularly but i found them insightful insightful you know yeah so i'm curious if you want to talk a little bit about why people who value such reflective tools contemplative tools why would they step away from them for a period Mm, right that's a good question and i've i've thought about this uh not sort of not by choice, I think. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's part of it. Um, because I mean, going back to, you know, what my own mentor said, it's like, I find meditating for half an hour hard. It's like, well, you should try an hour. Like, yeah. Okay. And that worked. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's been hard to sit in the, in the way that I do. It's been hard to, um, well, let me rephrase that. It's been hard to engage in my, mindfulness contemplative practice in the way that I had done it in the past. That's what it is, Mm -hmm. you know, because it's like, 
it, it and you know, I, that sort of comes out for me as it was, it, it's been hard to sit. And then, but what I mean by that, it's like, it's been hard to sit in the way that I could do before all of this mess with bypass surgery and everything kind of got put onto my, onto my lunch tray. And, um, does this mean that I can't meditate? No, it just means it's not going to look like the way that it used to. Because what I found with myself is that, okay, so I'm going to have in four and a half days, you know, um, in five days from right now, I'll be on the other side of this. Um, uh-huh. and, um, so that's been coming up and every day that goes by that number gets lower and it's been a long time. It's been three months. I've known for two and a half, three months almost. Uh-huh. Uh, I haven't known I was, I have not known that this was going to happen in the last three months, but you know, it's been about two, Yeah. you know, at least more over two months that I've known that bypass was going to be what's going to go. And <laughs> that's a while to know that things aren't all good in Whoville mm-hmm. and there's going to be significant intervention in two months. Yeah. So until yeah. then, don't do a lot of strenuous activity or any, uh, keep it nice and chill. Take an aspirin a day. Take those other two things as well. You know, come in for an appointment in a month, you know, and it's like, how do I reconcile so I'm going to have this life-saving, life-saving surgery, literally, you mm-hmm. know, to fix some significantly problematic stuff, which is terrifying to consider in, in two and a half months from now. You know? Yeah. It's like, yeah. what? And what with, okay, so I'm going to sit on this cushion and light some damn incense and or, or whatever and just like focus on my breath. I'm not going to focus on my breath. It's like, uh, well, I mean, focusing on the breath as some sort of you know, restorative practice. It's like, I didn't find that to be what I was being called to do at the time. And this is when the stuff that you and I say really becomes, you know, the, the medicine that we have to take ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, when we do all the, all the trauma supportive framework, right. With, with the practical work that we do with people in front of us. And when we, when we lead stuff, sitting on a, on a cushion in with your eyes closed when it's quiet and paying attention to your breath is the Mount Everest experience of what a meditation practice sort of looks like. And we, we had said, you know, that's not going to work for everybody. So there's other things you can do. Try this. And there's always been this little voice in the back of my head. It's like, yeah, but I'm going to sit on the cushion by myself and mm. close my eyes, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, that's not happening. So I'm going pretty far down on that list of other things that I could do. You know, mm-hmm. and some of those things have been, maybe it's just not the day. Maybe it's just not yeah. the day where it, where it happens. But there's been a lot of lying down. There's been a lot of, you know, just catch up with a few breaths, mm-hmm. you know, at the, in the morning or when I'm going to bed or to sort of linger on the chair downstairs when, it, uh, when the lights are starting to go out um, or, uh, you know, do a, a dishwasher meditation mm. while you're doing <laughs> the dishes, do a mm-hmm. you know, laundry meditation while you're folding laundry. So it's been, you know, the, the practice as I sort of know it, that had been working for me is not something that I found, you know, and I, I feel like I'm sort of going around it by saying it's not something that I found accessible to me. It's like, I 
I, it was the, the thought of silence on a cushion was repellent to me Yeah, when I was yeah. in the shock of adjusting to what was happening mm-hmm. inside of me. It was like, no. Yeah. It's like, it didn't even get considered. It was just like, no, that's not what we're not going to do that. It's like, yeah. it, but started me is like tw- after 25 years on the cushion, it's like, oh, I know what's on that cushion. I'm not interested at this time. It's like, I know mm-hmm. what Dora. Yeah. You know, and I can just picture Darth Vader, right? Or whatever, Yoda and, and Luke Skywalker on Dagobah or whatever. It's like, what's in the cave? Only what you take with you. Or I'm like, yeah, I'm not going in that cave. Mm-hmm. You know, is what it was. There's other things I can do. I'll lift the X-Wing out of the swamp. That's fine. But, yeah. you know, I'm not going in that cave. Not today, right? I'm going to do some other Jedi training. Not yeah. that one, though. Well, and I mean, that's exactly how I felt about morning pages. It's it's it is like the idea of even breaking out that notebook that I, you know, was writing in every single day. It's repugnant in a way. Right. And, yeah, right. you know, and so I wouldn't say that you stopped meditating. I wouldn't say that I stopped writing morning pages, but both of those practices as we knew them went on pause yeah, and it might be an right. indefinite pause. Right. Um, but I think that, you know, there's value in knowing that things aren't over after the pause. Right. So, okay. So we pause, we say, okay, I'm not going to go in the cave alone. Um, the, the cave is not the option. Um, but I'm not going to abandon the idea of what's in the cave. Um, and so I think that's where reflection comes in. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, where we get the opportunity to try to figure out, like, OK, how do we want to engage with the topic after the pause? You know, right. allow the pause. Right. Um, and for me, you know, I'm not writing morning pages, but I do want to do some writing. So I have found other strategies, other approaches to writing <clears throat> that are kind of meeting the needs that I have right now. So after I paused a particular practice, I had to move into a period of reflection to try to figure out, you know, what does writing want from me right now? Mm-hmm. You know, and I think mm-hmm. that's similar to what you're describing doing with meditation. Like, what is meditation asking yeah. of you yeah, right now? Yeah, yeah, Because, um, I mean, as we talk about all the time, there's a lot of ways you can do it. You know, the way that I had done it traditionally is, is one. And there are many, many others. Mm-hmm. You know, walking's good. Yeah. There's standing up, there's lying down there. I mean, there's all kinds of different, different ways, you know, and yeah, it didn't feel like the supportive thing for me. And I think a part of that was because, you know, the instruction that goes through my own mind when I, when I start meditating is like, okay, you know, so, you know, focusing on the, focusing on the breath, seeing what's here, seeing what's present in the moment. It's like, I know what's present in the moment. I don't need to sit on a cushion to know how I'm feeling about this. This is effed Mm -hmm. up. You know, this is (laughs) like, I, there was no, I felt like there was not really any actual insight that was additional to what I could currently have or, um, that would be able to get a a word in edgewise Mm -hmm. over what was already there. You know, the volume was just up so high, you know, it was just so loud. Yeah. Oh my God, we're doing what, you know, kind of, kind of part of it, the shock of it kind of drowned everything else out. And so it's like for a while, and, you know, we talked about this um, a couple of times without recording it, but you know, I, when you're, when you're in shock from, from news and it's like your life just takes a major, major turn. Mm -hmm. 
the completely unexpected is more or less, um, there's reflection on that as well. Um, I, I mean, I was mindful of what was happening every second of the day. It was almost exhausting and without consent, you mm-hmm. know, my mind was not free to wander, uh, to like be distracted. Are you kidding me? How could I be distracted from, from this? So it was at least, it's been at least 51% of where my mind is at any moment of the day. Less now, right. less now, Yeah. right? Things have settled a little bit, but for the first month or two, you said even I was looking kind of pale, mm-hmm. um, it's like it had, I don't need to sit on a cushion to know how I feel. He's like, I'm going to feel the exact same way as I do walking around every second of every, every minute with this. Yeah. You know, so it's like, it just wasn't, you know, I'm better off taking a little bit of a walk. I'm better off, you know, doing the dishes. I'm better off. I'm going to be paying attention to this no matter what happens. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to like Anything else would be an attempt to distract myself from what I was feeling. And I don't think that's the point of what a meditation practice is. Right. Right. Well, and I think part of what you're describing there is like, you know, you were kind of in a pattern of rumination, I think. Right. Yeah. 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 Uh, um, And when we, um, when we wrote the reflection workbook, that was something that really stood out to me is the importance of separating the idea of like healthy, productive reflection from rumination. Mm -hmm. Um, Although like, I mean, rumination is going to show up in all of our lives, right? Like, especially when you don't watch it, when when you're not watching, it shows up. Yeah. And even when you are watching, when you are, yeah, I was going to say, and when you are. Yeah. yeah, It's like, um, you know, I think both of us for probably maybe more so you because it's your heart. But, um, you know, there was a period there from the time I got up, like the first thing I thought about was your heart. And the last thing I thought about before I went to bed was your heart. And that was a pattern for a while. Um, And throughout the day in between. uh, Yeah, most of the time. Right. Like me too. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Um, And I, I think Like, I'm not going to beat myself up for that because I think the amount of time that it took um, is a testament to the fact that, like, we care, right? Like, there's a concern there, right? right? right, right. Um, My heart is important to us. It is. It is. Yeah. But I think (laughs) trying to figure out, like, when is that a healthy or an acceptable practice to, like, say, okay, yep, for right now, I'm going to let this be... I'm going to let this take center stage Um, to what extent and how long and when will I need to park it and really Mm -hmm. be present for something else. It's really complicated. Um, And so like as somebody who has struggled with rumination for a really long time, Mm -hmm. like I think it's important for an episode on reflection to note that reflection and rumination uh, we do well to keep them separate. We do. We do. Yeah. Right. And one of the, one of the, I mean, if we do a list of pros and cons, it's easy to ruminate. Mm-hmm. The con is that it really doesn't take you anywhere. You know, right. um, you know, it's rumination when you find yourself ruminating the exact same thing sort of over and over again. Reflection is a little more structured than yeah. that. And it does lead somewhere. And that can either lead towards other questions or other observations, or it can lead to 
okay, we can, this has been considered and it can be parked. Yes. You yeah. know, um, but rumination just spins. Right. Yeah. And going back and to you, our, our episode 115, compassion gives you traction. Uh-huh. Right. It's like rumination just spins the wheel. The wheels spin, but they just spin. You know, they don't go anywhere. Yeah. You know, reflection is a little bit different because rumination is about what, uh, you know, what's ha- what's happening. How did it get this way? What could I have done? You know, that that sort of line reflection is what do I know and what do I not know? Yeah. What do I, you know, is, is there something, is there something that I can do right now? Or is there not something I can do? What yeah. do I need? What do I need right now? Can I identify what, what a need might be that I can't address it? That's reflection. Yeah. How much did this, how much did this hurt? How much is it pain and how much is it suffering from resistance? What is the nature yeah. of that resistance? That's reflection. Right. Rumination I- is more of a, you know, yeah, and what I hear in that, like, I hear reflection being driven by curiosity and rumination being driven by sort of a trap, a loop. Right. Um, and a lot of times, um, you know, since we'll shift into some car metaphor here in a second, right. it's like, I think rumination is putting the car in park and still hitting the gas pedal. Right. It's not good for the car. You rev the engine. Um, yep. You're going to rev the engine up. You're going to overheat the car and you're not going to get anywhere. Right. Um, I think of reflection as putting that car in park and stepping outside for a bit. Yeah. Um, looking around, seeing what else there is to do, taking a look at the car, maybe. Um, and so we use the um, the parking flop parking lot reflection sometimes in our workshops mm-hmm. frequently um and we've had frequently it. we have many yeah. times yeah um and i use it for myself just like if if i'm having trouble showing up for the day or arriving i'm a person that really struggles with transitions from one activity to the next um like sometimes it can har- be really hard for me to find myself present in the present moment experience um and so this tool has become really useful to just help reorient. Mm -hmm. Um, um, And so, yeah, Mm -hmm. we use it a lot. It's actually something that we have. um, We have one version of it available on our website in our website store. But I think the better version of it uh, is actually in our Etsy shop. Mm. In our Etsy shop, um, which we just made and haven't really talked to anyone about. Right. Um, But our Etsy shop has a version of this that both has like a PDF and also a PowerPoint version so that if somebody was interested in working with uh, this particular reflection with groups of their own, they have sort of like the facilitator's guide and then also the participant guide. Yeah. And we can we can s- sprinkle around some links to that. I don't even know if that's linked on the website yet. The, the Etsy I don't shop. think it is. I don't think it is. Yeah. yeah. So we'll get some we'll get some links out there so it's easy for people to find if they want to take a look at that. Yeah, we can get that um, in the show yeah. notes. Yeah, but we would uh, we would use that parking lot reflection at the beginning of workshops mm-hmm. because I mean I, I sort of want to say because we noticed that in our workshops people would it's like mm, we we came up with this pretty early on this was yeah. a pretty recent thing that uh, that that we observed that you know we're we're asking people to donate a not insignificant amount of time mm-hmm. to do this to do this work together as a group you know, with us to talk about some pretty, you know, deep topics that can be done 
it's like, I don't want to say they're hard, but it's like, they can be, they can challenge us sometimes. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's hard to really engage in those for ourselves and for the other participants in the workshop if we're distracted. So yeah. the question sort of then becomes, it's like, what's going on in our lives and within us that's going to take us out of the present moment experience that we're having in this workshop. Mm-hmm. And we sort of have phrased this as what, what is, is there anything that we need to park? Yep. And it could be, I mean, the examples we've heard, it's like one of our workshop participants was having an ongoing argument with their kid's soccer coach, mm-hmm. right? And it's like, there was a meeting later that day or something like that, that they were going to have mm-hmm. that was just taking up a lot of, a lot of their mental, mental space. Um, so it's like, can you park that for a couple hours while we, while we do this? And I promise it's not going anywhere. It'll come back for you, but just writing it down on this piece of paper, it makes it a real thing that you can mm-hmm. come back to later. Cause it's not going to be forgotten. And there have been others, you know, um, we have the cell phone parking lot where we, in, <laughs> in the center where people can put their phones to be phone free for that. Uh, we thought that, you know, folks would have a hard time with that. We find that students are very quick to park oh, yeah. their phone. It's like, I don't think they want them as much as they think you think they do. A lot of times they're pretty happy to set those things yeah. down for a while and engage in authentic uh, group activity. We've seen, we've seen. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, we would use it that way. So once once we're able to actually voice what's moving through us, that also does a secondary thing where it, it, it dials us in. To like this body awareness and what are, what am I feeling right now? And just kind of being able to pay attention to what's going on inside of us mm-hmm. will help us throughout the workshop to yeah. be a little more authentic and actually get some real, real work done that, that we came to do. So we, I mean, we used, we've started many a workshop with the parking mm-hmm. lot reflection. And so yeah, yeah, check that out. Check that out if you want to take a look at it. Yeah. And a lot of times we'll just even just put them on the table uh, before the workshop begins. It's something that, you know, I think would even benefit, um, you know, classroom settings. I actually haven't used it in my classroom, but I kind of wish I did. Um, And there's a few reasons for that that I can get into. Um, But also just meetings, because, you know, something that showed up the first time we ever used this, um, we were working with a group and there were a couple of members of that particular group who were very distracted. Mm. Um, And some particular element of their workday um, was just really, really weighing heavy on them and they didn't park it. Um, And it ended up being something that impacted the whole working group. And I think most of us, uh, if we work in any kind of business setting, most of us can probably pinpoint a time where someone's been in a meeting and something that they brought with them for the day, emotionally or mentally, basically hung like an albatross, you know, around their neck the whole day. And they, they just could not stay present. So, um, the reflection itself works through just four questions, um, getting people to arrive and ask, what are they bringing with them? Um, and then pausing and asking them, where do they find themselves in the present moment? Like Mm -hmm. really looking around the room and saying, where am I now? Where am I now? Um, and then, to park those things, thinking through um, what do they need to let go of or sit down in order to stay present. And then the last piece that we get folks to reflect on um, reflect on is how they would like to contribute to the community. So getting them to move mm-hmm. through um, parking some stuff and then intentionally staying present. Um, and actually, as I 
talk through those steps this time. Something just occurred to me about um, a tool that we tried using in our classrooms last year that I don't think really worked all that well. Ooh, which one? Um, so we had this con- contribution form. Oh, right. Right. right and we right. just, it, something about it just never really took off. I, I think you probably feel the same way. Um, yeah. But I'm noticing the parking lot reflection has a way of asking how somebody wants to contribute to the day in a way that I think is more meaningful than just what did you contribute today? You yeah, know? I think, you know, I, I think about that, the contribution form every once in a while. It's like, what is the thing with that? Because it best intentions, but it didn't work perfectly. Mm-hmm. And part of me felt like as, as we got through this semester, it's like I'm just trying to beating the need to contribute in some way over my kid's head pretty much weekly. And it's like, I don't know if it's by coercion is a contribution. So right. I don't know. Right. We'll, we'll, we'll revisit that one. We'll revisit that one. So on the back of the parking lot reflection, is it empty or is there? It's not. What's on it's- the back? What's on the back? This is fun. Yeah, it's the overflow parking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love that too. And people yeah, use it. Sometimes, they, yeah, the parking lot gets full, so they have to go to the back and use the overflow. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Um, yeah, and that's fun because it's just, we know how overflow parking works. Like, there are too many too many guests at this yeah. particular venue. Um, so, yeah, people can turn over and identify what they need to park. It's It's interesting because more that I've started to engage in this kind of intentional practice, um, the the fewer things I feel like I show up with. So the number of things I need to park is a lot smaller these days. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I think the I think there's only only been once that we've done a workshop when I found something to be unparkable. Right. (laughs) And that's when we did the last the last one, the commune mm-hmm. workshop, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like, I'm up here doing this workshop. Nobody, nobody knows that, you know, nobody That's else, nobody true. else, nobody else knows besides you and me that yeah. I'm trying to avoid, you know, over aggrandizing metaphor, but you know, there's uh, something going on with me that, you know, is a little bit distracting. Um mm-hmm. I think it did a pretty good job with it, but it was like uh, I could fill about five of those parking lot, <laughs> just write the same thing over and over again. But it was, you know, eventually that comes around. But I mean, there are things that happen in our lives where things are unparkable and it doesn't necessarily mean that they need to be immediately addressed. There are some things that are just kind of sticky, you know, um, mm-hmm. and so that might be something like, is there something that I need to park to be fully present? The answer can be yes, but I cannot fully park it. Um, and so it's just going to be another guest here with us in this workshop. And we can find ways for both me and it to contribute together. Mm-hmm. You know, because I mean, the the the, the sort of the unst- unstated, not I don't want to say bias, but like the, the I don't want to give people the idea that everything is parkable. It's yeah, you know, because exactly. it's not, it's not. You know, you know, trauma can be unparkable sometimes. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, medical stuff can be unparkable. Physical discomfort can be unparkable. Yeah, Um, and I'm I'm glad you mentioned that because especially like the question of like what do I need to park to stay present? I think sometimes what's necessary is bringing the sort of unparkable thing with you into the room, mm -hmm. right? Like, um, 
so, you know, there were times towards the end of the semester where there was just, you know, a lot going on, processing um, various things all at once. Um, and so I remember being in one of my classrooms and saying, like, I'm I'm here today. I am with you. And I need you to know that I'm super distracted. Mm -hmm. um, and so, like, one of the things that I needed to do to be, stay present in that moment was to just own the fact that I was distracted from the moment. Right. Like, because, yeah, there were just unparkable things. And so just knowing, like, um, in our center, we now have a little stuffed elephant, the elephant in the room. Right. Yeah. Um, so sometimes I never, you're put those, I never put those two things together. Yeah. But now I do. Yeah. 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 So sometimes your unparkable stuff is that elephant that comes with you in the room. Um, but instead of nobody mentioning it, I think it's important to just be like, yes, I have an elephant with me today and it's mm. this. Yeah. 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 Right. Um, now I'm picturing going to a, a, a concert venue and seeing an elephant in the parking lot. <laughs> it's like, yeah. <laughs> Circus. Huh? Interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah, very neat. <laughs> so yeah, sometimes sometimes things are just unparkable, you know. Yeah. And I mean, we we go into these uh, workshops like this, and we we ask people if there's anything that you know they they'd like to park so they can be fully present. Um, we're thinking like, I don't know, I got a test on Thursday. I've got a, you know, uh, there's an annoying email to write. Annoying email, you know my. My brother or sister isn't feeling that good or blah, blah, blah. You know, this, I don't want to say blah, 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 but like that caliber of stuff is sort of what, you know, we're, we sort of think is on a lot of people's mind. But every once in a while we do get some ringers. And that was not yeah. us that came up with the elephant in the room idea metaphor. Sort yeah. of. It was one of our guests. It was like there was an unparkable thing. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And uh, she was so kind as to provide us with a, a beanie baby elephant. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. And but I mean, within that workshop, it was interesting because she brought her unparkable thing to the attention of the group. And we ended up being able to use the unparkable thing as a generative example yeah. throughout the, you know. And so I think if the work is to sort of get together and human together. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, then that's where the advantage of like once you reflect and you realize, oh, I have an unparkable thing. Um, instead of trying to hide it, like just, you know, I would like to be part of communities that have an ability to show up for the other members of the community when they have an unparkable element. Well, here's your mic drop right there. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Um, I would too. Yeah, I would, I would too. Um, so I don't know, maybe the next workshop we... You know, invite anybody who would like to take temporary possession of the of the elephant to to share. Mm -hmm. You know, because we all we all have stuff we want to park. We all have an elephant in the room. I got one. You right? do. I sure shit do. <laughs> <laughs> this podcast do. is no longer meant for kids, right? Uh, I sure <laughs> do. Um, and uh, that's uh, that's uh, that's rare for me. Usually. Stuff's pretty easy going, but you know, yeah. this one's particular. So this is, this is a fresh new, new place for me too. I'm enjoying it. Yeah. 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 Well, 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 
it's uh it's it i there's it gives me much to consider <laughs> as someone who's into the sciences and likes to learn i'm learning a lot and that part yeah. of me is getting scratched the other part of me are terror, terrorized and terrified but besides that i think you know, you know from my point of view it's been I, you know, I agree with you. I think the, the time that I've known you, you have been largely unflappable, right? Like just everything yeah. rolls off. Right. Um, and so it's been, um, I don't want to say a joy cause that sounds gross. It's um, a joy that you've been flapped so vigorously um, <laughs> over, the last, <laughs> but, over the last few months. I, I agree. It has been. What I think I've gotten to watch is like what it takes for you to, move through the paces to figure out how to be with something really uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, and you got, I, I mean, I mean, I think you got there, right? Like, yeah, but yeah. you know, it's hard. It's yeah. hard work. Yeah. Shit's not easy. It's right? not easy. And it does not happen. I mean, if, if there's one lesson that I did learn is like, it does not happen on one's own. No. You know, yeah. I, I, it may actually require others. Not like yeah. as a, it'd be good if there were other people to say, I don't think it's, I don't know if it works that way. You know, I don't like to make like global universal statements or do I, but it's like, <laughs> I think, I think it asks, it really, really calls for other people to get brought in yeah, and shared with because these elephants in the room are elephants because they're too often too much, too big, mm-hmm. too heavy for one person to carry by themselves. Yeah. You know, elephants are big, you know, it's not the, it's not the hedgehog in the room. Mm-mm. You know, it's not the, the the kitten in the room. It's not the medium-sized dog in the room. It's the freaking elephant. It is. It's true. It's funny, um, and we might get into this maybe next episode. We'll spend a little time talking about discovery, which might bring uh, bring us to discussing the resistant rhino a bit. Yeah, I was thinking about that, too. It's like the resistant rhino comes into this sometimes. Yeah, but what's funny about both of those um, are our elephant in the room and the resistant rhino. These are not small animals we carry with us. No, they're right? big. They're big. They're hard to move. Um, and so like, that's, I think that's part of the reflective practice is like knowing, like, you know, you're trying to move a whole rhino, you know, you're trying to move a whole elephant, um, get some friends, take yeah. some breaks. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And when the, when the rhino feels resistance, you know, you know it. You yeah. Know, you really, you really didn't know it. So, yeah. There's, um, this is this conversation has been a lovely reflection. It has. You know? um, yeah, rumination versus reflection. That's a that's a big one, and it's just so e- going back. Like it's just so easy to get. It's. I'm not even saying. I'm not even going to say get stuck in. It's just so. It's so easy to ruminate. Mm-hmm. You know, because it, it to me rumination. It feels like some other part of me has taken over. Um, it's, it feels like worry, Mm -hmm. you know, it feels like just, you know, this, this worry, this vibrational worry that just kind of settles on and doesn't, it's like a cloudy haze that comes over the DMV and just sort of sits (laughs) there and it smells like smoke. Right. Um, (laughs) it, it, I don't know. And it just spins and it just spins. And I think what, what you and I both discovered though, is it can be interrupted when, when it's observed. Yeah. You know, it's like by the third or fourth or fifth time you come back to the same question. It's like you're, you're ruminating. 
Yeah. You know, I, yeah. And it's not that that is, you didn't, you didn't do anything wrong. It happens. But there are some questions that curiosity can maybe ask, even though it might not be easy or pleasant to ask them. Um, Cause there is, there is an aspect of rumination that might feel productive, mm-hmm. you know, cause it feels like you're attending to the thing that needs attending, but you're not actually getting somewhere. Reflection can do the same thing, but it asks for compassion and some, uh, I don't want to say out of body experience, but it asks for perspective. Yeah. You know, and curiosity. And, and in order to do that, one has to find the one inside of us that, that is curious, or you find someone else who can ask you questions out of curiosity that might be able to pull you out. I'm thinking about quicksand, you know, Mm -hmm. you can either, either grab a branch if you can and start reflecting or maybe somebody, you can ask somebody to throw your rope, you know, and they can ask some curious questions. So, I mean, this can be addressed in a couple of different ways, either by Mm -hmm. the self if possible, but you know, if, if not, you know, others, you and I have both found, if nothing else, over the last year, that people want to help. Yeah. They want to help true. and they don't know how. But if given an opportunity, people will give and they will give and they will give and they will help and they will help and they will help. If only they're invited. Mm-hmm. You know, so it could be nothing more than, hey, Sherry, I feel like I'm ruminating on this thing. It keeps cycling through me. It's like I'm really freaked out about it and I'm, I'm feeling a lot of worry about it. Can you ask me some curious questions? You know, mm-hmm. to see if I can make some. That's all it has to be. Could you ask yeah. me a couple of things about this to maybe get some perspective and a foothold so I can get some traction? And you'll mm-hmm. probably do that out of compassion. Yeah. Because you two have ruminated. Maybe, you two have ruminated. And curiosity, yeah, you know? Yeah, maybe curiosity because, like, if if I know that there's a particular line of thought that is torturing my friend, then I, yeah, I'm you wouldn't want to help. Yeah. Yeah. You would. I would. Yeah. Yeah, I think most so. of our listeners would. I think our workshop participants would. Yeah. I think most people would. Yeah. I think most people would. Yeah, cool. There it is. There it is. <laughs> it's my phrase. Oh, there it I is. I know. <laughs> I stole it from you. <laughs> yes, cool. And ruminate on that all day. Yeah. Um, no, you won't. Very cool. <laughs> yeah, so uh, we'll put some links around, right? We'll spring to them around. Um, we did relaunch the newsletter. We did. So the first, uh, we, what do we call it? The Timo Tuesday newsletter. The first one mm-hmm. came out yesterday. Uh-huh. And it's got some interesting snippets and tidbits in there. Uh-huh. Uh, it also includes a link to a video that we also posted on our YouTube that is public. You can go to the YouTube and, yeah. uh, and check some stuff out there as well. Uh, but yeah, so if you go to the website, uh, the Timo website, thismostunbelievablelife.com, a pop-up will pop up. And you can mm-hmm. sign up for the newsletter and you can start getting those in your in your inbox. Yep. Timul Tuesdays and Podcast Wednesdays. Not alliterative, but still works. It works. It works. Mm-hmm. It flows. It's fine. Awesome. Cool. Uh, well, thanks for the chat, Sherry. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you, Paul. It was nice reflecting with you. It was nice reflecting with you as well. And that uh, parking lot reflection, we'll get some links out for that as well. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Awesome. Uh, have a great day, everybody. We'll take care. Bye.